0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you're doing pretty bloody well. The guest you're about to hear from, his name is Phil Lewis, and he is the front man of LA Guns. He is reunited with Tracy Guns. They've released an album. It is called... What's it called? The Missing Piece. Therefore, the tour is called The Missing Piece Tour. So they're touring Australia and New Zealand. Some quick dates I'll read out. Some quick dates, like the dates are quick. No, I'll read out the dates quickly. Gosh. Gosh. On the 17th of May, they're playing Brizzy at the Woolly Mammoth. I'll probably be at that show. On the 18th, they're playing Melbourne at Max Watts. On the 19th, they're playing Sydney at Max Watts. On the 23rd, they're playing the Rosemount Hotel in Perth. On the 25th, they're playing Valhalla Tavern in Wellington. Finally, on the 26th, they are playing Galatos Live in Auckland. Let's cut to the chat with the man himself. Here he is, Mr Phil Lewis. Phil, welcome to the show. Tell us about the show that you're bringing down to Australia because we are certainly looking forward to LA Guns visiting.
1: Well, um, as I said, uh, Tracy and I have never played in Australia before, so um, uh, I think people are going to be... We really enjoy the show. What we're going to try and do, what we always try and do, is uh, we play the songs that people want to hear uh, we, we, we're not like a self-indulgent band. Uh, actually, we are. That's not true. Um, but we'll play songs um, that, that you know. You'll, you'll get your sex action, We're Never Enough, One More Reasons, all those. Um, but we'll get, you'll get stuff from this new record. We have a new record out. It came out in October. Uh, it's called The Missing Piece. Um, and it, and it, it's, it's going down rather well. Uh, and um, I expect that we'll be playing... Um, Several songs from this new Excellent. record as well, um, due to public demand. And uh, yeah, you, I said that we're not a self-indulgent band and we don't jam. That's not true, because we do. Hmm. Um, at the drop of a hat, uh, we can, we'll go into something. What we don't do is uh, repetitive, boring uh, solos. You don't get drum yes. solos. You don't get bass solos. You're not going to get guitar solos. Because um, that is just just, just just dreadfully boring, but you will get jams. You'll get impromptu jams. Tracy's uh, like that. He'll just just pull it out the hat in the middle of a song, in the middle of a set, and next thing we we we're down one of his musical rabbit holes. And I love that. And punters, punters. Excuse my French. The fans.
0: Uh, no, that's okay. I call them punters, punters as well. That's good. You, we're we're from the same background, mates. So that's <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. All right. So the album title. Yeah. Now I think it alludes to something, mate. But can you tell the audience all about what the album title means of the recent album?
1: The missing. It's called the missing piece, and it's spelled P-E-A-C-E, uh, as opposed to missing piece P-I-E-C-E. Um, and and it, it, it's a very clever title. Um, it, it it describes the the. Um, the, the, the reality between me and Tracy to a T. Uh, when we first started working together, um, we had a working title, and and it was it, we were, we were, we were, it was called Never Say Never, um, due to the fact that I'd actually said something like that, uh, specifically something uh, I said that in an interview uh, regarding whether I whether Tracy and I would ever play again, um, and and that was a good working title, but um as 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 the album developed um it, it it just seemed a little cynical to be honest um and and uh, uh when we came up with the, with the second title the missing piece it just seemed to work so much better better visually um and 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 we came up with a great concept to, of, of on the artwork to match that title um and and it's it's amazing you know when you do things for the right reason how how things do actually fall into place, and mm. and that's precisely what's happened.
0: Okay, wonderful. Now now I do need to ask this, mate. So, what was the compelling event between yourself and Tracy that allowed you both to reunite?
1: That's a good question. It was the um, it was the winter, the Christmas uh, Christmas season of two thousand and fourteen. Uh, and I hadn't seen Tracy, in I hadn't seen him, spoken to him in over fifteen years. Um, and I, I, I was in Vegas. He was in Vegas. There was a, a an event taking place at one of the local clubs in Vegas uh, to raise money for uh, charity, Toys for Tots. Um, and Tracy had agreed to do it. Um, and uh, the the uh, the promoter, the, the the guy putting on the event called me and said, look, Tracy's still volunteered to do this event um, uh, for a good cause. Would you be interested in, in, in getting up and, and, and uh, helping helping with the event as well?
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and, and I really couldn't think of a good reason why I shouldn't do it. Um, I wasn't crazy about it, but I, I said, yeah, you know, if it, if it raises money and if it, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and, um, you know, it was just going to be me getting up and singing a couple of songs with him in his band. He had Rudy Vaso playing with him at the time and he had Shane, the drummer, uh, we have, we, we, have in the band now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, it seemed, um, like a good thing to do. And as I said, I hadn't seen him in years. Um, we didn't rehearse and we didn't even sound check, to be honest. They just showed up a little bit before the gig.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I went into the dressing room and he's sitting there by himself and he was drinking a glass of milk. Well, I thought it was milk. It was actually a white Russian. Um, and, uh, and there he was, you know, and, and this was the guy that, you know, I'd been my nemesis for, for so many years. Mm. And, and he it just, he it seemed, he seemed, it didn't, he didn't seem threatening and we, we didn't sit there and, and, and like, you know, immediately wail into each other, you asshole. And we just talked about, you know, like daily events and what songs we were going to play that night, mm-hmm. uh, and and next thing we know, we're on stage uh, and, and we're doing Over the Edge, and I haven't done Over the Edge with him in years, and somehow or other, it just sounds better than uh, it's ever sounded to me. It just it's something about it, mm-hmm. the way he's playing it, the way, and it's just it's, there's just some kind of magic taking place, chemistry, if you will. Yep. Um, yep. And it wasn't that point where I said, oh, I have to do this. But it was certainly something that caught my attention. Um, And then uh, after the show, it was was great to see you. And I told him I had an acoustic show the following week in L.A. And would he be interested in coming up and, you know, jamming a few songs with me? And and he agreed to do it. Uh, And we did it. And uh, I went over to his house the day of the show. uh, And he said, hey, have a listen to this. And he started playing me some of his demos, some of his ideas
2: mm-hmm. for
1: the new record. And and I've got to say, I mean, it was just like it was it was really really good stuff. And 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 I just after, you know, not working with him, not knowing him for such a long time, it was amazing how his his writing and his his, his everything, his playing and his understanding of the structure of the song, mm-hmm. uh, how how developed it becomes. And and how I I really wanted to be part of it. And and, uh, originally I was just going to do a couple of songs, but every song I heard was just getting more and more um, captivated by it. And and, uh, I wasn't doing anything record-wise myself at the time, and I really wanted to get back in the studio. And it it landed right on my lap, and it was a great opportunity. And and we said, all right, let's, let's do this. At that point, it became a reunion.
0: Oh, wonderful. Okay. radio. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it's a big thing, isn't it? I mean, I think you were certainly on the, the top 10 list of individuals that I think a lot of people had predicted may never, we may never see another album from again. But I think I speak for myself and a lot of fans, mate, it's a wonderful thing that you were able to break bread. And do you think it's just a matter of a passage of time passing and time healing most wounds?
1: well uh, yes of course uh, thank you for that um I, I, I didn't in my wildest dreams think that I was going to do another record with Tracy either um, time definitely helps um but uh he, he's different now he's he's a lot nicer now he's a lot he was he was very frustrated when the shit went down between us fifteen years ago he wasn't in a good place. he was he was he was and and I understand that and and uh um I take that into account, and then I, uh, you know, the fact that you know he's 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 so much nicer now. He's em- much, so more empathetic, and and um, you know he was just was a little bit a little bit selfish back then. And and he's you know he had a kid. He's got an eight or nine year old kid, mm, and yeah. anyone who has kids knows that uh, your your all your so-called um, ideas of how, how much you may fancy yourself goes flying out the window as <laughs> soon as you
0: have a kid. Oh, I do. I've uh, got not, two. Yeah, and I I, can, and, I don't know what man wouldn't be changed and, and, after having a child. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's from Stephen Tyler all the way down, your, your kids don't give a fuck how famous you are, um, you know. <laughs> and 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 that is, that has a grounding, leveling effect. Um, and uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, and just, just um, you know how he, how he developed as, as as a as a as an artist.
0: Hmm. Hey, I'm going to take a right-hand turn here, if that's okay, because you have had an extraordinary career. You've worked with a lot of wonderful artists through your time. You worked with Phil Colleen from yeah. Def Leppard in Girl through the early 80s. Now, that was your band, I yeah. understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Would you guys ever entertain getting back together yeah, again? no, it was... No, 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 no. Uh,
1: you know, uh, it, it was it was a band called Girl, and it was uh, our, record, our first record, She Greed, came out... In 1980, on Jet Records, uh, who was um, that? Was a label that was owned by a guy called Don Arden, mm-hmm. who actually is Sharon Osbourne's dad, mm-hmm. Ozzy's, Ozzy's uh, wife, Aussie's uh, father-in-law, um, and he, he's a he's a character. He's some you know one of these old sort of uh, music um, business uh, notorious villains. Mm -hmm. uh from the fifties and sixties hell of a character um and um he uh he signed my band and we made a record Uh, it was called sheer greed and it came out around the same time as a movement in in england called the new wave of british heavy metal Mm -hmm. and um we, we never considered ourselves to be a heavy metal band. I mean, we, there were times when we did get heavy, but we weren't really, like, uh, it, it, we were thrust upon this, this, this audience that that we didn't really, couldn't really relate to, and they certainly couldn't relate to, and we looked like trannies, you know, and, and, and that was it, you know, we were, that was the big thing, and it was yeah. the same time, and, every, and metal, everyone was really, you know, working class, and denim, and leather, and I'm up there in a, in in a, in a pink um uh satin you know that they, they, they hated us um, but it was it was that was the, you know that was my my uh entrance into the music business uh and Phil was in the band uh and uh, neither of us had done anything of merit before, but we both the girl was a great springboard hmm. for for us both for our, both of our careers he he was uh actually invited to join iron maiden uh twice right before he accepted the Def leppard gig he called me about the deaf leppard gig and said look should i do it and i said yeah of course here's the thing about girl um you know there are bands like iron maiden like Def leppard that uh you know it, from their conception they were always designed and going to be epic bands that were going to put out Fantastic, you know, uh, dozens of amazing albums and uh, just have a, a, a real um, life-changing history. It's going change, to change the whole perception of the genre mm-hmm. uh, big in big bands. Uh, I can consider vol- voluminous. you know, like if it was a book, it would be a, a, a three-book volume. Mm-hmm. Now, Girl would be a one-page poem in comparison mm-hmm. to these bands. Uh, it was never designed to be a, a long-term, uh, genre-changing thing. It was just having a laugh. We weren't very good. We, we didn't suck, you know? And, and um, it, it, it was two years from, from 1980 to 1982 uh, when, after Phil left, we, we did a couple of things without him. It just wasn't the same without him in the band, um, and then um, then we, we both moved on. He, he flipped off to Def Leppard and I did some stuff in London and eventually, eventually uh, ended up in LA.
0: Yeah, now, here's another Aussie connection. A lot of people might not realise that you actually worked with Bernie Torm for a few albums as well in the mid-'80s. So what was it like mm-hmm. working with him? It
1: was, a, it, it, it was in that time, actually. Uh, hmm. That was um, when Phil first um, went off and did Def Leppard um, I, um, I, I sat around for a bit and I wasn't sure I was, you know, working on some songs some ideas and I got a call from Bernie who I I'd known, but I didn't really know that much about him. And he said that, you know, he was, uh, he's got this great band and, and it was a three piece band and he was considering, uh, bringing in a singer because Bernie can sing. He's, he's as good a front man uh, as anyone. Mm. Um, and would i be interested and so he um he made a cassette for me of his stuff and and it was amazing it was really um it was symphonic punk rock uh it was it it had it had a real trashy punk sound but it was good it was good players Mm. Um Ian was an amazing drummer, Chris is an amazing bass player and a Bernie's incredible guitar player. Uh they just needed somebody to shout. <laughs> they wanted somebody up front, uh, to, to to wear some some nice clothes and shout yep. and, and dance around a bit. And and uh it, 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 it you know, we, we did a show, we and it just set London on fire, man. It was just yep. like it was amazing how quickly quickly the word got out and and um every show that we played it was just packed packed to the gills. We actually even opened we did a show one of the early uh Metallica shows in wow. in London okay. they played at the lyceum hmm. um and and um yeah we did we did that and uh we were you know really great it was a great live band. Uh, we, w- we went in studio, we made a, a really good record. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we couldn't get arrested by the English music companies, uh, the, the, the music biz over there. They weren't interested in, in, in rock and roll. Uh, you know, there were bands called Buck Fears. They, they, they wanted Thompson Twins, you know. They wanted, mm-hmm. um, you know, this safe, um, sterile, uh, fam- they wanted family entertainment. And I swear, I do believe this to, to, to my core, that I don't think even the, the mighty Guns N' Roses, I, well, they would have had a really fucking hard time getting a, a record deal in London the same time mm. me and Bernie were playing. It was different in, in, in America and L.A. because well, cause it was America and it's L.A. But in London, provincial, like narrow-minded, petty London at that time, uh, yeah, we couldn't get arrested. So um, it, was, it was only a matter of time before we ended up getting quite frustrated by it. And, um, you know, I, 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 then I, I, got, I got the wanderlust and, and I decided that L.A. was the place for me to go from that mm. point.
0: You raise a few really interesting points there about the music industry in the 80s. So I think we've, we've always come... Full circle, the wheel has turned, and it's come the full 360 degrees. In my view, so I was looking at the recent yeah. Lollapalooza lineup, and I've got to tell you, mate, there's no rock music yeah. on the Lollapalooza lineup at all in 2018. I, know.
1: 2018. I mean, you know, and and it's it's, it's you know like it's um, I I blame these these awful um, television talent shows for for the death of bands. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, 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 there are no bands. There are no new bands. It's it's so rare to find a great new young band. Um, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s, uh, late 70s, everybody, all my mates were in a band. Everyone, they, you know, it, it didn't matter if the band was, you know, good or bad or, or uh, you know, was making money. It's just to be in a band, just to, to jam with your mates, everyone could do it. Everyone, you know, could, knew how to, you know, play a few songs on a guitar, need to play a little bit of drums. You know, it just it was a prerequisite mm. and, and that's gone. That is that that, that went with the uh, with the smartphone, you know. That's just changed everything unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's pretty frustrating. I was reading on Twitter, the bloke down here in Australia who used to organize, you've probably heard of the Soundwave Festival that used to bring down bands like Judas Priest, Metallica, and put them on a, the one stage in an open yeah. festival. Right. Someone uh-huh. someone made a comment yeah. to him about a lot of these electro bands and the like, and he's, he, he made a comment and said, rock is dead. It simply isn't selling. And look, I'm... I'm a bit player in the media here. Okay, I'm an indie journalist, okay? I have a day job and I do this because I love it and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of rock music. But yeah. look, I, I know that yeah. a lot of bands, when they come down here to Australia, they just break even. It's very hard to make money when you tour Australia. It's very hard. Well, it's not just Australia, sorry. It's almost anywhere at the moment, isn't it? Unless you're an established band with a with a history and a some followers who have oh, been following it, the band for a I, big period of time. I, I,
1: yeah, next, next, to, next to impossible... To get something new off the ground. Like, absolutely, yeah. Oh. It's, just, it's just you're right. It's completely um, 360 from uh, from. It is exactly like that now. Um, it we're okay. You know, we 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 we're, we're sort of a say it, but you know, we got nostalgia going for us.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: and and we also uh, we have um, uh, we have quite a lot of young fans because they're curious. You know, and and uh, they they reject the the, uh, the shit that they're being spoon fed. Mm. You know, you can see that they they, they they don't want no part of it. You know, they dress. I, I used to suggest in, in the eighties, and in, in the early eighties, you know, they 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 just they put their hair different, and and, and they're breaking away, and um, you know, that was what and roll was meant to be in the first place. You know, a little bit of rebellion. And uh you know, it's it's, it's okay. I mean it's, it's all these things, they they, they 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 come in circles. And who knows, you know, maybe uh because Fe Rock is dead. That is that's the most stupid incendiary uh statement. And so something like that, Pompous Cun um Gene Simmons said that. You know, it's just clickbait, mm. just to get people's Indeed. attention and to get people's backs up. Uh and and and, and, and it's It's an easy thing to say, but it's absolutely impossible to to, to back up and substantiate, uh, certainly with somebody like me in the room, because, you know, (laughs) rock and roll, it's been my whole life, and and it's been good to me, and it continues to be good to me, and and, and people like Gene Simmons, who also, it's been fantastic to, need to show a little bit more respect.
0: Mm. Yeah, agreed on that point there. I know because he's been successful, it's easy to be on a ivory tower and make these grand statements yeah. but when you're actually in the engine room yeah, yeah, trying no, to make it happen.
1: so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, just trying to make himself look hip and, and you know, it's, a, it's an incendiary stupid thing to say.
0: Mm. Hey, I'll make this my final oh, question. Oh, my
1: friends. by the way. I, I,
0: I... No, that's fine. That's you can fine. always tweet me. Yeah, no, you can swear as much as you like. My show's not for, not safe for work, so go ahead. <laughs> hey, my, I'll make this my final question. So you've appeared on well over 20 official releases. So when you look back, of which album are you most proud?
1: Well, I'm very proud of this, um, this new one. Uh, I, I, I've gone uh, into, into avenues um, musically that, that uh, I haven't before. Um, I, I'm, I'm real happy with the, 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 uh, the craftsmanship of the songs. But, you know, I love them all. I love them all at the time. Um, you know, there, there are some, looking back in retrospect, that, I, you know, I, I, others I love more than, than, than certain other ones. Um, I, um, I like the first L.A., the self-titled first L.A. Guns record um, because it's got a vibe to it. It's, it's raw. It's a little punk. It's a little, um, you know, like sort of uh, New York Dolls, Television kind of—I'm nice. I'm not crazy. The way it sounds sonically, um, it, it sounds—it sounds tinny. Um, which is crazy because we recorded it in one of the most expensive studios in Los Angeles. There's Fleet Mac was literally next door while we were recording, uh, so we had no excuse for it to sound like a punk rock record. But it does, and um, fortunately, that was um, just long enough ago that we get to the rights to to get the the original master tapes back. So uh, Tracy and I are really looking forward to going in and remixing it Mm. and giving it a bit more balls. Um, Copped and Loaded was um, a really important record for me because um, the band LA Guns had existed prior to his joining uh, in in 88, uh, and a lot of the songs on the first record uh, were already, um, for the most part, in the band's repertoire uh, I, I, I may have came and changed lyrics and and, 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 and you know put my, 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 my bit to it but um, Cockton loaded was the first album was the first work where it was entirely uh, from scratch okay. and, and and it was me as a band member with the other guys and 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 that turned out fantastic and um, also uh, actually and, and finally um, it sounds, sonically, it was something that I, I, I was proud of. Because it does sound, it sounds really, really good. Hmm. Um, and the songs are good. Um, uh, I, the Hollywood Vampires record is epic. Yes. It was, you know, when we finally had, you know, unlimited funds, and, and we, were, uh, we were, we'd stopped writing songs about sex, booze, and tattoos, and, and we'd gotten into uh, other avenues, uh, lyrically and musically. That incredibly proud of, and and very glossy record. Um, And then uh, after that was um, Vicious Circle, Mm -hmm. also another amazing record that I'm very proud of. But uh, at that point, we knew the band, we knew the media had run out. Mm -hmm. It was over. You know, the band had pretty much imploded. Um, We knew that. The label, the the record company, were going to drop us uh, right after the thing was released, and you know, so basically, it didn't matter how it sounded, or, you know, we, we were doomed. Um, but it still, to this day, sounds fantastic to me. You know, there's a song uh, on on uh, the opening song on Vicious Circle uh, is called uh, Face Down, and 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 it's 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 techno. I mean, it's got. You know, it was around the time you know Nine Inch Nails had come out, mm-hmm. and it was our, our uh, not an interpretation, but you know we were using. The You're same inspired trick, by
0: it, yeah,
1: yeah. Same resonant. We were, you know, we were using drum loops mm-hmm. and samples, and yeah. it sounds fucking great. It sounds really, really good, uh, all the way to the to the just bittersweet, beautiful um, kiss of death at the end. Mm-hmm of um vicious circle and and knowing full well that 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 you know that was the last song that we did on the record and that was the last song i did with la guns and i knew that i knew that going in and doing that vocal on that song that beautiful song uh that that was it that was the end of it and and uh, I, you know i didn't play with with the band for eight years mm. after that
0: well Thanks so much for answering my questions. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. You're one of those blokes that I've been hoping that I'd get an opportunity to chat to you, mate, and it's more than lived up to my <laughs> expectations. So thank you so much for making the music that you do and oh, for being a true you. believer.
1: I, you know, we are so excited about coming down and and, and doing it right this time. And I, thank you so much for your support. And hopefully you'll I'll come and you. say hi, right? When I will
0: do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will, mate. And, and, I'll introduce and myself. yeah,
1: I, I look forward to it. And um, yeah, cheers.
0: Well, that's it. That was my conversation with Phil Lewis of the band LA Guns. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew McKay-Smith, and until next time, I hope you have a bloody good time. Cheers.
2: Bye.